Hi, my name's Cassandra, and today I'm a guest on Shay's podcast. Woo-hoo. Let's talk about the movie. Oh, let's talk about Encanto. Yeah, I every time I say it though, I'm like, let's talk about Encanto, and I'm just like, ooh, that sounds so white. And then if I try to say it with, um, you know, like all the pizzazz that it the needs Spanish to have, accent. I feel racist. No, don't feel racist for doing it. You're you're saying it correctly. You're using the tone of speech. You could say Encanto. As a Latino, you could say Encanto. Uh, say Encanto. I'm giving you permission. You're giving me the little accent pass. Yes, I'm giving you the accent pass. You could definitely use it. Nice. So instead of talking about Bruno, let's talk about Encanto. Encanto. So what did you... Did you like the movie? First off. <laughs> I did like the movie. It was very catchy. It was very Lin-Manuel Miranda. Wait, why did you sure. laugh at that question? No, was it I a bad question? No, no, no. It was not a bad question at all. It was just, I did enjoy the movie. Does it deserve the hype? Most definitely. Do I understand the hype? Not really. Really? But I'm glad people enjoy it, if that makes sense. Okay. I actually, I do kind of understand the hype. I feel like because it's a Disney movie, it's always going to be overhyped. People are always going to be excited no matter what, whether it is good or not. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in this sense, you, the family Madrigal was the head of the town or city that they were in charge of. Like, their powers were the ones that helped their village. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it was still part, like, kingdom and whatnot. But this is definitely multi-generational family from, you know, grandparents to grandchildren, which is a huge difference. Yeah, that a lot of Disney movies don't really look at besides Coco. Yeah, but that but Coco is also another Latin American piece. So it's oh, yeah. very much culture oriented. And I think I saw um there was an interview with Denzel Washington and an interviewer asked him about like one of the most recent movies he'd done about why color matters in directing that film because it was a very black oriented film it was about um i actually can't even remember what it was about i just remember the interview (laughs) (laughs) or the title but um that's valid his his response was so great because he said that it's not about the color of the director it's about the culture it's not just because of your skin color but it's the culture that surrounds that and i was like that is a very valid response and that's the exact same thing that happened with encanto it's very much culture oriented and i'm actually surprised that it's doing as well because it's so community and culture driven and that's not what a lot of hollywood movies are I'm so surprised it's doing well, considering the ending is the most unbelievable thing ever. Okay, first off, yes, <laughs> but this is this is Disney. They want to have a happy intergenerational forgiveness, and that that's also one of the things that I thought was very interesting because it has an ending that is so un-Hollywood. If that makes sense. Of course, it's the older person admitting they're wrong and the things they've done is wrong. <laughs> I was like, as we all know, is not really accurate because I feel like a lot of young people, especially within my age group, have older generational grandparents who just will not admit they're wrong or what they've taught and done is wrong. But that's where the Always Disney the magic right. comes in. Uh, yes, I know Disney and their happy endings. It's kind of like you see the generational trauma and instead of perpetuating that, even through media, you want to recreate something that you can be proud of and that you can pass on to the next generation. And here, if it's going to bend the truth a little bit and say that, yes, my, abuel- my abuela will give me forgiveness, then I'm I'm kind of here for it. But it's so anticlimactic in the sense that there is no real action sequence beyond her going into bruno's room and then the house falling apart that's like the main adventure it all takes place in their little village basically in their house and then in the mountains out back it's all very self-contained in that sense where the hero doesn't go on a journey and leaves their home because she stays in the home that's that's the entire thing oh yeah 100 yeah i think her journey is just really going through each of her 
family individually and seeing how they struggle mm-hmm. as a whole. That's yeah. her journey. Realizing it's just not her, but everyone. I thought that was really cool. Really like that. They each had their own songs. Well, specifically, um, <laughs> her sister. Wait, can we talk about those songs though? <laughs> Which one, Bruno? I like Bruno. No, I'm talking all of them. Oh, okay. How all of them literally had a music video set up for them. Hilarious. Okay, so they started that music video thing <laughs> with um, Hans, Luisa, and Frozen too. Oh, that yeah. was great, and I think that kind of set the tone no, for this. I mean. Christoph. Kristoff and Frozen 2, it yes, had very sweet vibes, very like <laughs> 80s vibes. I was here for it. I was shocked, but I was here for it. That was like early boy band music video. Vibe. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was honestly, I was shocked. I was stunned. But did I regret it? Absolutely not at all. They're, yeah, um, they all had their own little, you could literally just snip the beginning and end of their songs and then it would be uploaded to the YouTube channel. story. Yes. <laughs> literally not that you're yeah i didn't realize that i just kind of accepted it it kind of got like they didn't they don't have that many locations you know there's only so many places you can be in the house and in the town before it gets too repetitive and they wanted to give that Uh extra special magical feeling because this is a magical family so why not when they're singing to each other which yeah people sing to each other sometimes hold on (laughs) What got me, what truly got me, was the dancing dockies behind Luisa during her song. Really? Did you realize the dancing donkeys? Oh, there were. I know there they were there at the beginning. Donkeys? No, they're behind her during the song. Oh, like, like doing full on moves and everything. Oh, so you mean like Left Shark at the Katy Perry concert? Yes, except it's all of them behind her. Like, I'm telling you, there were six donkeys behind her busting the move. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I need to go rewatch that. Uh, that I, think... I have rewatched this movie so many times. <laughs> yeah, because of Natalie, right? No, because of Nathan. Nathan's obsessed with this movie. Oh, snap. Well, I mean, it's, it's not the first Latin movie made by Disney, but it's definitely a very catchy one and one that doesn't revolve on Day of the Dead. It's very catchy. Yes. 100%. Yeah, my, when my friend told me to watch it, she's like, it's on Disney Plus now. You should go and watch it. And I was like, uh, I'll think about it. And she's just like, you really should. The music is crack. And I was like, like cocaine? <laughs> I mean, it's currently trending thing. on TikTok right now. Everything's always trending on TikTok. No, but we don't talk about Bruno. That's, that's trending on TikTok right now. Oh, yeah. I remember I saw a TikTok of somebody saying that Bruno is actually there in the song. Like, so in the music video snippet, when Dolores is talking about him, he's there in the background just vibing to them shit-talking him. Can we talk about how Dolores literally heard him in the walls for so many years but didn't tell anyone? Yeah, okay, that that was a problem that I had. And then the more that I listened to the music, I realized it's not like he told his family that he left. She was very clear and said that I can hear him in the walls. I can hear him talking. I, I like I can hear him. He's still there. And the family knows that he just went into his room and never came out. And she kind of like backs that up. But then once you watch the movie once, you're just like, oh, like literally in the walls. This could very easily have taken a turn into a horror movie. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm happy it didn't. And that it's still friendly and fun. Uh, Right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. It's Disney. Of course they got to do friendly and fun. Yeah, I was thinking about that with Toy Story. They were like two notches away from turning this into a horror cult classic. We're about to be incinerated. Yes. It's like if Disney (laughs) had just a slight adjustment to their core values and became Adult Swim and like adopted some of their stylistic choices and toy story would have definitely definitely been a horror thing. i mean i sobbed during toy story 3 like i was sobbing in the back of the movie theater with my cousins and my aunt it was an experience to remember oh okay then that's good for you cathartic <laughs> was it before or after andy had his emotional goodbye <laughs> before <laughs> when they were in the incineration room and they were all heading towards the fire and they all held hands all of us sobbing oh okay just like uncontrollable crying so i'll be honest <laughs> i don't remember this movie <gasps> i because like i it's girl it's been years and i worked 
at the parks at that specific location with Pixar toys. But I'm just like, yeah, I remember the beginning. I remember bits of the middle. I remember the ending. But they're like, yeah, I don't remember how they got out of the incinerator. I don't remember what happened. I think I remember what happened to Lotso. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so that that happened. Um, But yeah, it's been a while. It's And it's not one of those movies that I want to relive because it kind of emotionally tore me a new one. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like you can experience it once and then maybe before you go, you watch it again to kind of ease you into the death throes, you know? Yeah. But back to Encanto. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think the music is great. I don't know enough about music to say anything about how the music works so well together or why it works well. Like, the musical theory is way beyond me. I just know it's a bop. Feels great. I watched a couple of interviews. It's because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, composition style. That's the way he composes all his songs. Composing? That's why he has so many hits. Compositional? Yeah, <laughs> is that the word? Compositional I, style? I think so. You. It sounded like you were saying composting, and I was like... No, composition. Yes, but no. no. Yes, that's okay. a real word. It's a real word. It is, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, the way he composes is very similar in all of his things. Yeah, he's very rap heavy, and I'm kind of... I, I want to see him write the lyrics for a Disney princess that raps, mainly. Because this one only had, what, five songs in it? Five really Ew. good songs with lyrics. Um, well, we have The Family Madrigal, which mm-hmm. does have a fast-speaking part in it. But I feel like that's very similar to a lot of Latin slash Hispanic songs. They do have a very fast-speaking tone. Yeah. But like when it came to songs like Luisa and Isabella, mm. then yes. They had a lot of fast-speaking songs or parts that I was not expecting. Yeah. And or like, we don't talk about Bruno. I, I like the ballad parts when it would slow down and it would feel like a, like a waltz. No, not a waltz. Like a tango a little bit. Yes, like a tango. Yes. I really liked those parts. But when it got too fast, I was really tempted to put subtitles on. They tell a lot of story through the lyrics and the music. And if I couldn't understand what they're saying, then I was like, I'm missing something. I need to know what they're saying. And it's only because I've listened to the album so many times at this point that I've kind of picked out what they're saying. And this isn't to dock anything against the performers or against uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's writing. It was just for me as a low plebeian who cannot understand rap music. It was a little difficult to understand. (laughs) I was just Wait, like, what are they saying? Normalize, let's normalize subtitles in the movie theater because let me tell you, I could not hear what they were saying over by chewing a popcorn. <laughs> oh my god, you actually eat popcorn during the movie? That's supposed to be for the pre-rolls. What? Yeah. No, I have popcorn throughout the movie. What are you talking about? I mean, I I'll have it, it I'll sit it in my lap. I'll have it there warming my junk, but I'm not going to put my hand in there and eat it. I'm here for the cinematic experience. I literally stained a pair of my jeans because of popcorn butter. (laughs) (gasps) No. Yeah. (laughs) Were you able to get it out? I don't know. We'll see the next time I wash it around. No, you need to wash it right away. You need to get in there and at least soap it so that it doesn't stick so much. Uh, I guess I'll just try some old Mexican way of trying to get it out. (laughs) What's that going to be? In a boil it? I don't know. No, you just do some dog soap and some baking soda. That's some ancient Mexican way of removing oil from pants. Dawn soap. If it works, it works. Okay. Sure, I I believe. But yeah, I only like I'll get a bucket of popcorn if I do get a bucket of popcorn. Popcorns at movie theaters, that is crack. That tastes amazing. Oh yeah. Probably supremely processed, but I love the butter. The butter is great. You know what? You only live once. Um, yeah, but depending on how much butter I drink, that can easily go up or down in the number <laughs> values. So, yeah, I won't. I just, like you said, I can't hear the movie when I'm chewing. It's it's a problem. Because <laughs> the crunch exactly. of the Exactly. That's why when I rewatched it at home, once they finally added it to Disney+, Plus, I was like, oh, so that's what they said. <laughs> 
Wow, this was like a key element of the story that I just missed and realized. Sounds like now I understand all these songs. <laughs> Thank you, subtitles. Ka-ching. Subtitles, subtitles are the best. I, I love subtitles. I've actually been meaning to rewatch Encanto, but at the Spanish dub, because... Oh, and that's one thing I still haven't done. Yes, and with English subtitles, because like I've already watched it. I was able to enjoy the visuals and all the little things. I obviously miss things on the first watch, but to like just hear it, in the language it's supposed to be spoken in, I think that would be such an experience. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's like, have you ever seen The Book of Life? Yeah, that's like my favorite. Well, my sister's favorite. I I like it by um, association. If you ever watch it in the Spanish version, 100 times better. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the, I don't understand. Did they it's buy that movie? It's a love story. Did they buy it's that? No, well, technically, yes, because it was a Fox movie, and now they own Fox besides the news. So, yes, Disney uh, owns A Book of Life. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I, I really like that movie. I will say Coco is also a very good movie, but book I saw Book of Life first, and there was just something so original about the style and how Book of Life was done, and Coco is, is still really amazing. But I don't know. Book of Life went hard <laughs> in oh, like 100%. doing Book the of Life amazing. yeah, and like the stylistic renditions, trying to make it super animated and cartoonish in the way that Mexican I art. Love their woodwork animation. It is absolutely incredible. That's the word woodwork animation. It looked very realistic, and I was like, these are little puppets. Exactly, <laughs> they're telling a story, and you know they're telling a story, but it's so well done. Then you forget you're in a story. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. And I really liked how Encanto wasn't about that, you know? Exactly. It was just, this is their hometown. This is what's happening. This is what's going wrong. And this is how they're going to try to fix it. Yeah. How do you feel about that ending? You mean the unrealistic expectations? Okay, okay. Beyond the life? whole <laughs> unrealisticness about how we feel that our grandparents don't really have that passion at this point in our lives to forgive like abuela does right but putting that aside <laughs> and our internalized traumas did did you i did however there is one thing that always bothers me about the older uh, generation mm. you know apologizing to the younger generation yes and is that they don't actually say i'm sorry because i did this to you Yes. They just say, I'm sorry because this happened to me. Do you acknowledge the pain and suffering your grandchild went through because he put that on them? Okay. Or are you just saying, sorry, because I went through this? Instead of acknowledging the grandchild's feelings and the trauma they went through. Okay, so I'm going to argue and put all my... Ch oh, <laughs> If she was an empath, none of this would have happened. <laughs> no, no, no. But like an empath in the sense that, like like you said, she does recognize or she does admit that, hey, I'm wrong. And she apologizes and that's great and all. But she also, we have that little snippet of a backstory, right? As to what yeah, happened to their abuelo and why they were running, how they got the candle. We know that from the beginning, but here we see how dark and violent it actually was. And so, yes, she gives that as an explanation. However, she also makes the distinction to say that this is what happened to me, but it is no excuse for what I've done to you. And so I kind of like that difference because she recognizes that she did something wrong. And even though it was meant to be for the family, it was meant to be something to keep them safe, it did end up hurting them because everybody has this unrealistic expectation of perfection. They have to do everything right. They have to be perfect for their abuela and for the community. And if they're not, then, then what are they? They're human. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole humanizing <laughs> thing of everyone there. They can make mistakes. They're, they're allowed to do that. And Abuela, more than anyone, is the embodiment of that. She shows that she made these decisions for the good of her family. It might not have been the right decision, but it was still action. It was something measurable so that she could keep them safe. And I, I kind of have to respect her for that. Is it scummy? Yeah, I mean... Yes. <laughs> I think in the grand scream of the scream. I think in the grand. <laughs> I think in the grand scheme of things, she was trying to do what she thought was right. 
which is, you know, helping the village, making sure everyone was safe and whatnot. But she was definitely ignoring her actual family. And Mm. also, I wish her parents would have stood up for her more. Oh, are you talking about Mirabelle's parents? Yeah. Why didn't they stand up for their children more? Okay, well, first off, the dad's a himbo. So you can't expect (laughs) much from him. A himbo with a pencil mustache, first off. And did he have a monocle? I like. I very distinctly remember him having. No, a he monocle. had glasses. He had glasses. It he was, had glasses. He okay, was, I couldn't see the other lens because of his <laughs> nose. So you made him be constantly stung by bees. Yes, <laughs> he's not in the movie as frequently, but he'll pop up like at the beginning and then at the end, and he his face is just fucked, and you're just like, bruh, what, what? What did you do? What happened while we were gone? I just don't understand how he got stung by B so many times. This is the real reason he's with uh, Mirabelle's mom. He would have Literally. died besides the fact. Literally. <laughs> no, he would have died for sure. Yeah. 100%. And Mirabelle's mom was just like, oh, look at this poor idiot. I am going to adopt you. <laughs> you are mine she now. She said, let me take you under my wig. Ka-ka, ka-ka. Let me. <laughs> mama bird's here to stay <laughs> but i will argue against your saying that abuela didn't care as much about the family i think her problem was that she cared too much about the family and you know how oh, yeah, sometimes no, she 100 cared too much about the family and she was also very protective of their image of the family yes making she cared sure that they were strong that. and perfect because like if if you're not that, then if this is the binary, the only thing that you can be, if not strong and perfect, is weak and a failure. Oof. Which, being weak and a failure is all part of being human. Yeah. It's all about the... You live and you learn. Yeah. Exactly. You could never be a perfect person. Weed even is perfect. Can anyone describe perfect? Isabella. Okay, yeah. Theoretically. She was all pretending about that. Yeah, really nice hair. Theoretically, she would have been perfect. But I kind of like imperfect character this is a sidebar but have you seen she-ra um i will definitely get on the dragon prince i'll add it to my number one i've been watching a lot of (laughs) k-dramas recently so (laughs) did you at least watch crash landing on you no sandra i'm so sorry i Oh, I know. It's okay. There's like so many K dramas to watch that it's. There's literally so many K dramas. It's a little overwhelming if you don't watch like the most popular one right at that moment because that's what everyone's talking about and that's what's building a fan base. You know, I actually feel like Isabella would be great at making tequila. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or if that's canon because it's Disney, but I really feel. Because they said no alcohol. Yes. <laughs> so, you know what? I would not put a pastor. Yeah. That would be a great, like, if they're worried about the family being um overtaken by the violence. I actually read an article about what they're running from, like what the what Abuela is running from at the beginning. And it doesn't really have a name. There's no real person behind it it's just called the violence and every colombian knows that it's it's the violence it could be gang violence it could be community violence it's something in their land that is just hurting each other and so they don't put a name or a face to it it's just something that exists unfortunately but they don't focus on it they don't dwell on the fact that there's so much violence they focus on the fact that there's this community that thrives and survives in spite of that and i really appreciated that because instead of turning this into a sob story into something that is irredeemable they made it so it can only be redeemed yeah it's funny because i have a friend who's colombian actually cat you know cat yes from disney yes okay so cat is actually she was yeah okay yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) okay so she is actually it's okay. I'm bad with names. She's actually part Colombian. So she went to go watch the movie and she said as a Colombian, probably like four out of ten because, you know, they try to make it so every Latin American can relate to that. Yeah, that was kind of my problem with Raya and The Last Dragon. 
and that one I feel like can be a whole nother thing, but I enjoyed the story. I loved the Asian representation, but my problem came in the fact that they were borrowing from so many different cultures and they didn't have one specific, I'm assuming it was Vietnamese because she was calling her father Ba, but I had a Vietnamese uh -huh. friend who watched it and was just like, she's saying it wrong. And I was like, are you sure? Oh no! <laughs> and she's just like, that's not how I, that's not what I call my dad. And I was just like, oh okay yeah i feel like the problem with those movies is that they try to want they want everyone from latin america to relate to these yes however each country in latin america has a different culture yeah and i mean like if you look at it from the business perspective from the marketing perspective it makes sense because you can't just oh, yeah, to sense. that one country because you are a global phenomenon so many other people are going to watch it and thematically, I think they got characters spot on in order to make us feel something and to uh, relate to them, to want them to succeed. They did great because characters, character driven stories are always amazing in that sense. But oh, yeah, it was the fact that they like borrowed so much from different Spanish cultures, Latin American cultures, where it was like, OK, I, I see myself in this. I feel where you're coming from, and I respect for having tried and attempted to do this. But because it's such a melting pot, it is for an American audience. The thing about this movie that got me is like, yes, it was a really, really good movie, but I myself found a hard time connecting to it mm. because I guess of how large the family is and all of them getting along. That was also kind of an unrealistic <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, yeah. all of them getting along so perfectly. Like, let me tell you, my family does not get along perfectly. Okay, well, we fight all they, they didn't get the along. It, it wasn't a perfect little pot that they had going there where, oh yeah. I, and, and we see that in um, Luisa and Isabella's musics where it's, yeah, I pretend to be perfect, but, but not really. But um, I feel like there was a lot of tension there. But it was a lot of subtext at the same time. Sometimes there will be like, if you go to a Filipino gathering, the aunties will be like, wow, you got fat. What happened? <laughs> or on the opposite, uh, end, they'll yeah. be like, oh, you're not eating enough. You're too skinny. And then give you a bunch of food. It's always, it's, it's love in the shape of a knife. <laughs> and they offer it to you. They give it to you. They might accidentally stab you with it, but it's not meant to hurt you. And so sometimes a lot of what they can say can be really forward and blunt like that. But I think the beauty of Encanto is that it's not straightforward like that. Everyone's on eggshells, like literally stepping on eggshells because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings or make Abuela mad or do something that would dishonor the family's image. Everybody's just yeah, trying I to guess, make but it I, work. I feel like it was more Abuela than anything. But she's the matriarch. She was really just... I mean, I guess, but she was really the villain of this movie. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. She's definitely... I mean, besides that overarching violence that we get a glimpse of, she is the villain, but not like the standard villain that you see in Hong. It's not like, oh, ho, ho, I am no, evil. No, this is the... This is the sneaky villain that you don't realize is right under your nose. Yeah, but even at that point, I... I wouldn't call her a villain in the same sense because that one has like a lot of um, there's a lot of connotations with that word about being irredeemable and just being a bad person. But Abuela is redeemable and she is a good person who has done bad. That's true. But yeah, I don't know. Like it got those a good movie. Did it hit me personally? No, but it's also I'm. I'm different because I don't have a relationship with my grandparents. Hello, Will. I'm so different. Cracks an egg. No, it's more like bicep. they're built different. They're <laughs> built different. I'm, I'm me, you know? They yeah. just, they, it's a whole different story. But my family begins with my parents and my aunts. Hmm. It doesn't start with my grandma. Okay. Yeah. And like, no, I completely understand how it feels unrealistic. So I still see like my parents or like my mom and my aunts and my uncles, how they react to my grandma. And it's so shocking to me as a grandchild. But then again, this is a different day and age, you know, we have more voice, we have more choice. And 
we're able to do more what we want i guess and we have more uh we are able to manage more and like your family for the most part lives in like a multi-generational house right oh yes unfortunately but yes we got three generations just like the lovely guys yeah but it doesn't seem like there's as many similarities with people getting along the would you say that maybe it's it's the portrayal or just like what why (laughs) i guess or like what similarities or differences do you see that really take you away from you know honestly what Mirabelle was a child and she was you know really close to her grandma and they were you know getting along she was about to get her door that's honestly how I was with my grand because I'm the first grandchild yeah so growing up my grandma you know I was only one she was actually helpful like we talked a lot we did a lot together you know she took care of me but then as I got older there was other grandchildren well I got placed at the back of the pack and now I'm no longer acknowledged so though your room is right across from her this woman has never said hi to me she also forgot my birthday oh my god i didn't even forget your birthday had a little notification oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) no but literally my grandma forgot my birthday i didn't receive a gift i didn't receive a happy birthday absolutely nothing so you know living in a multi-generational household especially when she's across the way from me it's like (laughs) That's why this movie is literally so fantasy to me because I personally don't think I will ever have a relationship with my grandparents because it's been so many years, probably decades at this point. Yeah, where you've actually had that kind of familial connection with her, which is like another another reason where it really delves. I mean, first off, this is a magic family. This is like Harry Potter if he was born in Colombia, you know? So I like, and there wasn't any wands, and there wasn't any wands. It was all just zap, zap out of my fingertips. But um, literally, that whole aspect of their family already lends it to the fantastical. This is like to harp on that theme of perfection. This is what a perfect family would feel like, right on the surface. Yeah, we are so far from perfect. Let me tell you. Yeah, but I feel like that imperfection is its own charm and its. Because, yeah, the family feels perfect, but it's really not perfect. Yeah, it's funny because, like, with my aunts and uncles and my cousins, like, we all have a very strong bond with each other. It's literally just my grandma. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, like, all of us, like, all my mom's siblings and all the cousins who would go to parties, like, we'll do plant trips and all this other stuff. My grandma never participates. No, it's so funny watching that movie. So I'm just like, wow, their grandma's evolved. But when it comes to us, like, it's literally just like, if you take grandma out of the movie, it's just all of us. <laughs> then yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> oh, okay. So it missed that point with I feel like this just turned into a low-key therapy session. Do you want to tell us anything else Sorry. about your family? <laughs> no, you're fine. It's like, it's a very valid response to the movie because in a sense, it is supposed to be representing you because your family's from Latin America. but because that's not exactly how your family is it misses a big part of that connectivity that yeah 100 i think that's why i had such a hard time with that movie but versus like my other cousins that never had that connection with my grandma they had a different perspective and it made them cry because they wish they had that connection and i mean like every movie is going to be it's not going to appeal to everyone it's not going to be perfect for everyone oh yeah 100 percent yeah, it's it's about the feelings i want to say like this movie made me feel things so i want to say that's a win and even though i'm not from the culture and like i could understand half the words i think um it was still able to evoke some sort of emotion which which was which was nice i haven't felt things in a while yeah that's sad do you want to talk about it do you want a therapy session let's talk it out whenever you're ready let me know okay Maybe not on air. <laughs> That's fine. It's funny because like the two characters I related to most was Luisa and Isabella because since I'm the firstborn and everyone's younger than me, I'm setting the example. It took me a while for me to finally understand that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to be strong all the time because everyone looked to me as the strong, perfect type. Like she went to school, she graduated young, she has a job, she has a car. Like, oh, you know, she's doing everything perfectly. She's so smart. 
and whatnot, but they didn't realize everything that's going on behind the scenes and what I was actually feeling. So they just assumed. So when those songs really played off and they're like, I always had to be perfect. I'm always doing this. Yeah. And like, I always have to be strong, but I could break any day. If it's anything that has changed me is literally COVID because that is when I realized all of that thinking and mentality was wrong. It's unfortunate that it took a pandemic for us to kind of take a step back, realize that. And so now more than ever, I want to say that it's okay to log off. <laughs> it's okay to just feel oh, like yeah. you don't have to be perfect because you see perfection. And then when it isn't perfection, you get disappointed. But it's like, why? <laughs> this is somebody else's <laughs> life. Just chill, dude. Gosh. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I was also the type of child that never said anything to my parents about that, too. So when they saw me like not be strong and not be perfect, they were shocked. They didn't know how to manage manage it's, it's that. Really, it comes down to communication. Do you have that one hundred percent relationship and strong ability to communicate? Then if yes, then like you guys can get through anything. But if not, then it's like I have to fight myself, and now I have to fight my family alongside it, which, which makes it a little more. And those are like two skills or like two things that I think should always be worked on. Like your relationships with other people, not just, oh, I'm going to be friendly to you because I think you can do something for me. Instead, I'm going to be friendly to you because I want to be a good person. If it's one thing I can say, no, you can never change your parents. You could try to teach them, but sometimes they are constantly stuck in their way so you just either got to manage that come to terms with that or just learn how to either ignore it or just move on from that subject and that took me therapy <laughs> i would say that you know? i found myself most represented in mirabelle as i have glasses that are unusual <laughs> as well i like bruno as well Bruno looks exactly like Nathan. He cannot change my mind. I don't know what your cousin. He's tall, lanky, and he has long shoulder length hair. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he is just like 40 years younger than Bruno. Bruno was once a young man. Exactly. He is literally just a young version of Bruno. And once again, he cannot change my mind. When they do the first, uh, what, what was that song? The Family Mother Gun? Yeah. And they kind of, they go through everybody. And they say their powers and who married who and how they're related. And that was kind of overwhelming. But I think it does a great job at setting up the characters and their relationships. That was another song where I wish, yes, that is another song. I wish they had subtitles in the movie theater because she talks so fast. I was like, what is she saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the visuals, they were so cinematic. You could kind of... Even if you couldn't understand what they were saying, you could see and you could feel it without really understanding. Yes. Uh, the opening song was really good. Which one? I was joking. The opening song. I was joking with my cousins because you know how they say cousin roundup. I was like, we should do that for us because there's so many of us. It would be hilarious. You should. And then it just never ends and it keeps going and then going and going. <laughs> Well, right now there's currently, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us. And the seventh member being two. <laughs> also, um, I remember seeing somebody point out that there's a bunch of YouTube videos on this already. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. How all of their clothes, color wise, style wise, gives a little bit of information about the story, but also specifically about their powers. And embroidery. I think Bruno has time hourglasses. Hourglasses. Yes, he has on. hourglasses on him. Luisa has weights along the rib of her skirt. Isabella obviously has flowers everywhere. Uh, Peppa has the earrings. What's uh, her mom's name? Oh my god, Julieta. I'm forgetting. Yeah, Julieta has the the border. The oh my god, what's it called? Abacus? Yeah, but she has not the, the abacus. Oh my god, no. I'm an idiot. It's not an abacus. Cadiz it's a Cadizius. border. It's a border and bowl. A border and bowl. I think it's what it's called. Border English wise, at least. 
Is that what it is? More? You mean like that bowl that you grind? You know what cheese? I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. It's actually on the front of her apron. Oh, okay. I mean, like it's an apron, so you kind of expect that, but you know. But it has like flowers and stuff like that where you don't really realize. Oh, floral. And then with Antonio, I mean, it was on his present. It was his gift. It was very obvious. Once Bruno was revealed and Bruno was like talking to his friends, I'm just like, how come Antonio doesn't know about this? Antonio talks to Remy down in the dungeons. Obviously, he would know Bruno's out here doing it. To be fair, he did figure it out because he showed up. He's like, I can show you where it is. Yeah, eventually. He did just get his powers. He got to cut his flack. He's only like, what, seven years old? I also want to know, like, how does that filter work? Because you remember how, like, in Twilight, when Edward Cullen can oh, read God. people's minds, he has to work pretty hard to keep up a filter, make sure that he's not overwhelmed. So I'm just like, this is, this is a child. He could very easily be prone to mental disorders simply because there are so many voices filtering in brain so i was like is he okay is anyone in this family okay <laughs> obviously not but i try not to think too much into that because it's a disney movie they probably didn't even think too much into that they're like let's just give this family powers <laughs> i do i do like Julieta's power. oh i think that's incredible it's, it's an amazing i saw one. this one I don't know if it was Twitter or TikTok or one of those. But someone was like, if Julieta can, hear, can cure everything, why do they have so many family dramas? And then she was like, because she can heal physical things, not mental. <laughs> Which is very true. <laughs> I was like, that's a great point. Because like, if that's the case, exactly. then she should have been able to fix whatever was wrong with Mirabella and Abuela, but like, that's between them, you know. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah. Who was your favorite character? Bruno and Mirabel, just because, like, those are the characters I relate to. I think Bruno, because he's kind of sweet, like, he's just trying his darndest, you know? He's trying really hard to yeah. be a good person. His mom can't seem to do it. And so instead of, like, forcing himself into that position, he goes away in the and tries to help in the way that he knows he can and i respect that and also his telenovelas are adorable and they were cousins oh no <laughs> i love the rats man they were so funny i hate rats in real life but the in the movie incredible absolutely incredible i think it's just animals mammals i don't think it well no because the snake was there and snakes are not mammals they're amphibians. What? The anaconda he swung off of. Also birds. Birds are not mammals. What? Blowing my mind. He talked to the bird. Okay, I can talk to a bird too. That's fine. Don't lie. No, you can't. I can. Not like they're going to answer, but I can. <laughs> no, but I think it's just animals, not insects. Oh, or a little annoying. I feel like there's always so many of them. They got that hive mind. Overall, I loved Pepita's family or Peppa's family <laughs> with Dolores, San Antonio, yeah. and Camilo. Felix. Yeah, San Camilo. Overall, A plus family. I love them all. They're hilarious. I want to see a spinoff show with all of them in it or movie or shorts. Like, give me all the Pepita family shorts. I would absolutely love it. I absolutely love them. They were hilarious. They made the entire movie, in my opinion. But yeah, they also, like, headed the whole We Don't Talk About Bruno song. Like, they were the main front. I don't know if that's a good thing. Because I'm not that saying was, anything. That was an entire saying. song throwing shade on my boy Bruno. Grandma threw shade at Bruno. She was just asking a question. They actually told her. Which, by the way, shout out to Uncle Felix for telling Mirabel what happened. Because obviously no one in that family was going to tell her that secret. You know, we got a real G up in here. Okay, but first said, off, We got to tell her. Chismis. If, if, any, if any song could be labeled as chismis. That that song is chismis. <laughs> because yeah, it's all true in its own way, but They're everything all is twisted. Yeah, everything's twisted by someone's perspective or how they felt at the time 
but Bruno told them the truth. And I'm like, it's not, it's not Bruno's fault when you, you got a beer gut. That's, he, he was just warning you. Oh, you know no. It's 100% happen. not Bruno's fault. They all did Bruno dirty. They just were unhappy. See, Bruno could have had an origin villain story. And he does not. Which is great. He could have been the side villain. They made it seem like he was the side villain in the posters. And it, whenever they played that song in the we don't talk about Bruno. And, and it made him seem like, oh... Bruno's the villain. And then you realize as you're watching it that, like, there's no real villain. Like, yeah, in a sense, Abuela is the main antagonist, I think is a good word of describing. She's the main antagonist of the film. But Bruno very much could have been the villain, the true villain of the story because of how he's treated. I'm surprised he didn't turn into a villain, but at the same time, this man has anxiety, so <laughs> it makes sense. Look at Doofenshmirtz. I mean, like, he's a pretty bad villain. Is he really a villain? Surprise. <laughs> he's always not preparing, though, not feeding the verb. He's doing a good job trying to take care of his 16-year-old daughter. Literally. Overall score, what would you give the movie? Um, Out of 10. Out of 10. Okay, I'm going to be working off my own rating system. So... Which is? And it'll change for each movie. And every rating that I do. Okay. <laughs> but I would personally give this like 7.6 out of. I was going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> oh, 7.6 out of like 8.5. Really? 8.5 or an 8.7. Wait, why 8.5? I don't know. That's such a weird rating system. I'm so confused. I would give it like 7.6 bobas out of a half. A half? So six and a half bobas out of 8.5? No, seven. Oh, okay. Seven. Okay. I would give it seven and a half bobas out of 8.75. Okay. <laughs> like, I, it's not perfect, but it's still really good. And I enjoyed it for what it was. And yeah... Is my opinion being influenced by the hype of it being a Disney movie? Absolutely. Is it going to change <laughs> At least over you're time? Honest. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, I think for what it was worth, also the animation was just gorgeous. So <laughs> oh, I love the animation. Colors and fluid animation. For me, a solid seven point five. One because it definitely felt like it be it could be turned into a musical. Like, a Broadway musical. I mean, not like a movie musical, but a Broadway musical. Oh no, not another Frozen. But overall, love the music. Did not like the music video style. If I'm being this is just a preference. I don't enjoy the music video, video style. How, like, ah. every character had a music video sequence. How each song could literally just be on its own, like, visually. I, I... You know, you can really agree. just not painfully agree. Yeah. No, this is, it just reminds me of those days, like, back in my day, um, mm -hmm. when they used to pass music videos on TV, that's what it felt like with Encanto. They would literally turn those songs into music videos on TV. Wasn't that called M? No, they used to do it on Disney Channel, too. Really? Yeah, like I said, back in my day. <laughs> I'm older than you. No, I'm not. I'm older than you. No, I'm older than you. Birthdays in May. By a few months. That's a lot. Shay, we were born in the same year. Did That's you like watch? Oh, no. You know why? Hold on. I have a reason. Because you were a Nickelodeon person and I was a Disney Channel person. The fuck does that? Just because I like The Last Airbender? Everyone likes The Last Airbender. Shay, your room is orange. It also has a Pikachu in it. <laughs> that means Okay, so you were a Pokemon nothing. kid. Okay, and that literally doesn't define <laughs> anything. What is that supposed to mean? Did you watch Disney Channel growing up? That's so Raven. I just snapped. I hope you could hear it. But no, yeah. I didn't. That's it? Sweet Life of <gasps> Zack and Cody on the boat and off? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they used to show music videos all the time. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I feel like you're lying just, to me. You said commercial? I 
shit you not I used to watch the Ashley Tisdale kiss the girl music video all the time when it was Little Mermaid's I think like 20th anniversary oh my god well I remember the it was on the mic show yeah wait the mic show right with the kid yes who had that uh huh. They used to always show music videos on it. Like some poor, sad child version knockoff of SNL. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, like it was in the bedroom, literally. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember Brenda's songs like "Pass the Plate" or something. Yeah, so they used to have a lot of that, but they used to also put music videos in there. Yeah, I don't remember the music videos at all. I just remember the food. I used to also remember watching like Justin McCartney on there, All Star Weekend. Oh, Who else? What? Yes, Raymond Simone, When You Wish Upon a Star, Christmas and on Christmas version. This isn't Starry even hitting any Disney nostalgia stars. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Allie and AJ used to be on there too. I yeah, they were in the cow look movie. It up after this. They were in the cow movie. Yes, but they also had like Like Whoa was on there. Um, potential breakup song I don't think was on there. Oh it was God. too explicit. Commercial <laughs> knowledge about these music videos. I just have a lot of. I have a really good memory, but a good majority of my memory is literally from my childhood. But anywho, back to the. Back to the sign off. Yeah, I give it a seven point five because each song was like a music video. I wish they would have held Abuela more accountable for her actions. Uh, but how? By killing her? <laughs> no, the parents should have stood up and been like, "You're doing this. Fix the mistake. Don't handle my children." Because she said, "I want to talk to Luisa when I get back." I'm like, no one talked to her. Like, let the parents take care of that. But also, if you think you know? about it, as like as the matriarch, that is also her responsibility. And yeah, we may not agree with it, but the parents were so used to this system; they grew up with True. this system. This is all they've ever known. Why would why would they rock the boat? They love their kids. That's they extremely apparent. Yes, they love their kids, but they should have listened to their kids. <laughs>